Blog Talk Radio. The following sermon is by John MacArthur, pastor, author, and Bible teacher with Grace to You. If you've never connected to Grace to You, we want to send you a free book by John called None Other Discovering the God of the Bible. This detailed look at God's character can strengthen your trust in the Lord and deepen your love for Him. Request your free book by writing to noneother at gty.org. That's noneother at gty.org. The offer is good in North America and Europe through December 2019. And now, unleashing God's truth one verse at a time, here's grace to you Bible teacher John MacArthur. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, there were sin offerings and 
sin offerings were to remind the people of their sinfulness and their desperate need for forgiveness, atonement, cleansing, and righteousness before God. But there were also thank offerings. They were sometimes called peace offerings. You can read about them in Leviticus chapter 7. And those offerings were designed to remind the people to be thankful, thankful for God's mercy, thankful for His grace, His loving-kindness, His forgiveness, His provision for all of their spiritual and physical needs. Both of those things come together as we arrive at the Lord's table. We arrive at a celebration of the ultimate final sin offering, the offering of the Lord Jesus Himself. And so this is a table that looks at the sacrifice for sin. But it is also a table of thanksgiving. It was even Jesus our Lord in Matthew 26 who, when He instituted this supper, first thanked the Father. We don't have any more sacrifices. Christ's sacrifice was the end of all sacrifices. He perfected forever by His sacrifice His people through that work. And we don't really have any kind of offerings. We don't have thank offerings or peace offerings. But we do have one ceremony that we engage in as believers again and again, and that is the Lord's table. This is the one ceremony that combines together both a remembrance of the provision that Christ made for sin and embraces our gratitude for that provision. This is a table that is a table of thanksgiving for the sacrifice that our Lord made. So it is fitting as we come to this table in this Thanksgiving week to think about being thankful. I want to draw your attention to just a simple portion of Scripture. It's at the end of 1 Thessalonians, and it's really just one verse, verse 18, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Very simple statement, unmistakable. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. This is also that which satisfies the desire of Christ Jesus Himself. In everything. There's no way around that in English or Greek or any other language. No matter what it is, with the exception, of course, of personal sin, for everything else, give thanks. The verb for give thanks is eucharisteo, from which we get the Eucharist, which is the Greek term uh, parallel to a Latin term that is used to describe the Lord's table. If you came out of a Catholic background, you were familiar with the Eucharist. That comes from the word to give thanks. So that is the recognition that this is a table of thanksgiving for the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We of all people should be thankful, and that is why Paul says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One distinction, you could say, in our salvation is that very reality of thanksgiving. Listen to this description of unbelievers in Romans chapter 1. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. 
It is a distinguishing mark of pagans, of non-believers, of those in the world to be unthankful. And not just generically unthankful, but unthankful to God. We're talking about thanking God. When it says in everything give thanks, it is God's will that we do that in Christ Jesus, which means we're thanking God for the provision that was made in Christ. There might be among pagans a measure of thanks for certain benefits that come their way, certain things that are maybe surprising them, somebody else's kindness or some favor falls on them. But most unconverted people go through life uh, more likely complaining than being thankful, more likely bitter than content, more likely angry than happy. They view life as kind of moving along a path of uh, manipulation, uh, moving along a path of luck or happenstance or fatalistic events which really are drawn up by some inevitable, uncontrollable force which they must reluctantly accept, or life uh, gets better because it's the product of one's own genius, one's own effort, one's own skill. So whatever does come sort of uh, makes you thankful for yourself because, after all, for most people, self is God. But a believer knows that God is at work in everything. God is at work in everything. God is and has created a plan and a purpose for every life of every believer, and He's working that purpose out. It leads to a designed goal so that Romans 8.28 says, "...all things are working together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose." We're on a divine schedule that ultimately ends up in our eternal good. All things are being literally worked together by His power and providence for our good. If that is the case, and it is the case, then why would you complain about anything rather than be thankful? Gratitude is the fruit of grace. Gratitude is the work of the Spirit. And gratitude is the only reasonable approach to life if you understand the sovereign purpose of God. As Christians, we often sin the sin of ingratitude. We want what we don't have. Uh, we don't want what we do have. We are jealous or envious of what someone else might have. We feel somehow that we have been left out, that we've gotten the short end of the stick, and for a believer to feel that way is to call into question the divine purpose of God for one's life. Thanksgiving should be the normal expression of every believer every day. Every day. In Philippians chapter 4, just a few reinforcing portions of Scripture, be anxious for nothing, that also is a, an exclusive statement. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Even when you don't have what you want, 
or you have what you don't want, even when you're crying out to God for something to change in your circumstance, don't worry about it. Pray, come before the Lord with a heart of thanksgiving and let your request be made known to Him. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, we are told that as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. Overflowing with gratitude. Your gratitude ought to flood the environment you're in. It ought to wash over the people that you are with. In the third chapter of Colossians, verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful. Devote your life to thanksgiving. That is what the New Testament commands of us. And that is because everything is ordered according to divine purpose. One other portion of Scripture that I would mention to you, you're familiar with it, Ephesians 5. We are to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Always giving thanks for all things. That doesn't leave anything out. Always giving thanks for all things. Because we know all things are in the control of the Lord. Back in the first part of chapter 5, Immorality, impurity, greed shouldn't be named among you. It's not proper for saints. There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. What ought to come out of your mouth constantly because it is literally flooding your heart is thanks. Thanks. And back to where we began at the end of First Thessalonians chapter 5, that just enriches the simple command in everything, give thanks. Now, you notice this is embedded in some other very simple principles that also come to us as commands. Verse 16, rejoice always. Again, always, yes, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There are three things you should be doing all the time. All the time. You should be rejoicing. You should be praying without ceasing. And you should be giving thanks. And by the way, that prayer is just the constant flow of communion to God in which you share your joy and your thanks. And even the petitions of your heart come to Him encased in joy and thanksgiving. These three things should be characteristic of every believer's life at all times. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And that is pray all the time. In everything give thanks. There are no outs for these three 
behaviors for the believer. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Inward, incessant joy, continual, unceasing prayer, and that includes praise as well as petition, constant, unending gratitude. This is God's will for you. Earlier in chapter 4, he used that same phrase in verse 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God, your joy, your constant prayer, and your thanks in everything. So sanctification equates with these three virtues. That's not that we're we're going to avoid trouble. We're promised trouble. We're promised trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. But I have overcome the world. Do you need to know any more? God promised trouble. God also promised triumph. The three commands penetrate, really, I think, the innermost recesses of the redeemed heart. When I want to basically take my spiritual temperature, I'm looking for those things. Is my heart full of joy? Am I eager in communing with the Lord, quietly and silently thanking Him for all that He has done and is doing in my life? lifting up all the petitions that come across my mind to Him? Is it an unending, sweet communion with Him? And am I incessantly, unendingly grateful? This is the heart of a believer. If this is not there, then you are not being sanctified. This is how sanctification behaves. It is joyful. It seeks constant, open communion with the Lord, and it is thankful. So let's try this then. Don't evaluate your sanctification on the fact that you haven't committed robbery, or you haven't lied, or you haven't cheated, or you haven't abused somebody. Don't evaluate your spiritual condition on that. Don't even evaluate your spiritual condition on the fact that you go to church. Evaluate your spiritual condition on whether you rejoice, whether you have an open line of communication with the Lord, and whether you give thanks in everything. If that doesn't define your heart, then something is wrong. And what could be wrong? What would steal our joy, interrupt our communion, and take away our gratitude? Well, it could be doubt about God's sovereign power. It could be doubt about God's wisdom. It could be doubt about God's love. So any kind of doubt about God which in itself is a sin, could corrupt this kind of sanctified heart. It could be selfishness. I don't like my condition. I don't like my circumstances. 
this is not what I want. That kind of selfishness can turn on God. It could be worldliness. You're not content with God and what He provides and what He promises. You want more. You want pleasure or you want possessions or you want the fulfillment of your passions and pursuits. In other words, you're looking for the world to fill up your life rather than be satisfied with what God has given by way of spiritual blessing. It could be also that this deep heart sanctification has been interrupted by a critical spirit. You're bitter, you're negative, you have a sour attitude on life. The Bible calls it in the book of Hebrews a root of bitterness. You're carrying grudges. You don't like the way somebody treated you. You've got a, a grudge that you've been carrying for a long, long time that has produced a root of bitterness. Or you can't quite control everybody around you the way you would like them for the ends and the goals that you have established. If this is unchecked in your life, it will destroy a thankful heart. It will blind your vision of God. It will warp your understanding of His purposes and make you miserable and then make everybody around you miserable. This corrodes love and steals joy. It could be impatience. It could be that you just can't wait to see God's will unfold. I understand that. You want things fixed and you want them fixed now and you don't like the fact that they're not the way you would like them to be and you want God to go to that issue immediately and take care of it regardless of what His purpose might be in it. These things can be basically corrupted in your heart also by, I think you could call it coldness. You have uh, left your first love for the Lord. You lack zeal for His Word, zeal for His honor, zeal for His glory. You lack diligence in the Scripture. You lack passion in worship. This is because of neglect of the Bible, waste of time on trivia, entertainment, empty things. And it could be just open rebellion. You're not thankful because you don't like what you have. You're not joyful because you think you have reason to be sad. All of this is sin. All of this fails to understand that God has a plan and is unfolding that plan for your benefit, and the best parts of that plan are operating through trouble. I can look back in my life and say that is my experience. Those things that have been most powerfully transforming in my life have been the things that looked like they were the worst. We are commanded to be thankful, thankful for God's holiness, thankful for God's wisdom, thankful for God's grace and mercy, thankful for His loving kindness, His goodness, thankful for the gift of Christ and all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ, thankful for our salvation, thankful for victory over sin and death, thankful for divine guidance and the indwelling Holy Spirit, thankful for the complete provision for all our needs, thankful for the power of the Word of God in our lives, 
thankful for the church, thankful for Christian fellowship, and even thankful for trials, thankful for the hope of glory. And so when we come to the Lord's table at a time like this, maybe this is a good time to renew our heart of thanksgiving. Bow with me in prayer. Lord, forgive us for ingratitude. Forgive us for a lack of joy. Forgive us for not communing with You at all times, living open-hearted, open-minded before You, lifting up all of our thoughts to You, viewing everything through that communion we enjoy, that unbroken communion with You. Forgive us for not rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and in everything giving thanks. Forgive us for violating Your will for us in Christ Jesus. You've been listening to John MacArthur, Bible teacher with Grace to You. For free access to all of John's lessons and a listing of study Bibles and books available for sale, visit Grace to You's website at gty.org. And for details about the Masters University, where John serves as Chancellor, go to masters.edu. John MacArthur and Grace to You reserve all copyright protection under applicable law. Our copyright policy is available at gty.org, and it includes instructions for and limitations on duplicating this digital file.
God can be trusted. This is Ken Ham, a publisher of the award-winning family magazine called Answers. On this radio program, we talk about how God's Word can be trusted from the very first verse. And you know what this means? Because we can trust the history in God's Word, we can trust everything it teaches. When we're going through a hard time, sometimes it's easy to doubt that God is good, all-powerful and loving. But because we know God's Word is true, we can stand on His promises. We can trust His character as revealed in His Word because we can trust all of the Bible. You see, apologetics doesn't just help us defend our faith to others. It assists Christians to stand strong even during tough times because we know God's Word is true in everything it says. Subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit us at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again or view a transcript at AnswersRadio.com.
Affirm Foundation. This is Ken Ham, CEO of the Global Apologetics Ministry of Answers in Genesis. We live in a day of swirling moral chaos. At a breathtaking pace, what was once considered wrong is now celebrated, and people who still say it's wrong are mocked, or even worse. So how can we know what's right and wrong in such a challenging time? Well, many people just go along with the culture. Whatever's popular today is what they'll believe. But that's an ever-changing foundation, and who knows where it's headed? As Christians, we're not tossed back and forth by changing ideas. We have a firm foundation for our thinking, God's Word. And because His Word is true in all areas, we can start our thinking on a foundation that never changes. Discover more about the truth of God's Word and the Gospel when you visit us at AnswersRadio.com and subscribe to receive free daily insights from Ken Ham at AnswersRadio.com. Confusion. 
conclusion. I love them as brothers in Christ, but not their conclusion. They want to reach the world by all means. Keep pursuing it. But tell me, why they got to diss the church while they doing it? That's what I wanted to say, but I ain't say it, though. But no more laying low. I want them to play it slow. And I ain't dissing them. My prayers are the proof. Like Boaz without Ruth is unity without truth. CHH is like gorillas in the mist. With no brotherly love, it's like Philly don't exist. What's happening here? It's a different atmosphere. Cats appear most concerned about a rap career. Brothers overseas being slain in the sand. While we're vain in our plan, taking fame and some fans. And I ain't got time to philosophize. Satan got a plot device. I'm seeing lots of guys apostatize. On top of all that, Donald Trump's the president. It's all good though, cause Jesus Trump's the president. So more than ever, I'm trying to rep the Lord who bled. And we ain't never gonna stop. Word to Corey Red. I'm just trying to give a healthy demonstration of theocentric music for the selfie generation. See, the problem is sin, no riddle in it. Cause all sin got I in the middle of it. We're mad to praise and truly evil. We need to be born again without a Matt Damon movie sequel. In the gospel, God addresses our depravity. The lamb slain at Calvary, the depths of his agony. He rose from the grave with the funding grace. And when we come in faith, he'll bring us up from the sunken place. Our sins, decrepit depths, left the mess. No rest was left till Jesus put death to death. The beauty of the victory truly is a mystery. The cross of Jesus Christ is at the nucleus of history. Before the cross, they were saved on credit. After the cross, we've been saved on debit. Since our champion in the great war suffered, we gon' proclaim his death like the Lord suffer, so welcome to the Still Jesus Project, yo, we just getting started and we got a lot left. Living in troubling times, this is Ken Ham, author of the book on millions of years and church compromise in six days. The Bible tells us about Lot, a righteous man who lived in Sodom, and it declares he was constantly troubled by the evil he saw around him. You know, that describes many Christians today. We look around at all the sins that are celebrated as good things, and our hearts are burdened for the lost. But you know, because God's word's true, we have hope. The Bible tells us one day God will make all things right. One day there'll be no more sin and all sin will be judged righteously. And in the meantime, we're called to make disciples, do the king's business and contend for the faith. In the midst of darkness, we shine the light of Christ. Let's proclaim the gospel in the truth of his word to others. Subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again at AnswersRadio.com. Hey, yo, they said it was over, man. They said it was over, but it ain't over. We're just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up, stand up. If you truly love the Son of Man, is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land what's up stand up stand up does anybody love the son of man trust jesus is the king so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land what's up surprise no surprise i'm back in your section with jesus his death burial and resurrection more power than gravity his knowledge and strategies confound the academy bow to his majesty in salary, took up blame on Calvary. Those who love his name spread his fame is the policy. All eyes on the matchless price of his sacrifice. Let's prize our master Christ and rise in the afterlife. What, did we forget about the holiness of God or something? Did we forget that God owes us a rod or something? See the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes who hate truth. The gospel is not fake news. Our debt is sin, the gospel sweeter than it's ever been. Ain't nothing changed, let us sin, we got the medicine. It's still human emergency, the serpent attack. You think Jesus 
against faith, that's alternative facts. Stand up, stand up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, stand up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? Listen to my composition Lots of rhythm but not traditional Kind of different But God's consistent No contradiction My proposition Through crucifixion He mocked and crippled His opposition It's not some fiction I'm spitting The Son of God is risen And my incentive For godly living Is I'm forgiven Jesus came to unlock the prison And through the spirit He brings a new birth Like an obstetrician At times I listen A lot of Christian hip-hop is missing The proposition It's my suspicion We drop the mission Not to this But the word of God Is it not sufficient The doctrine is That the gospel fixes I shot condition, God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction. Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens. A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission. Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust. Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the Lamb. What's up? They want Jesus in the background like elevator music, but we gon' celebrate him, relegate him, we refuse it. They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself. They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself. What I gotta say almost feels too real estate. Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate. Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate. I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate. If the Father wasn't gracious, no sin in them. Again, he came straight blameless, no sin in them. Again, nothing's been the same since, no sin in them. Again, fakers lack his fragrance, no sin in them. This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus. Nah, we serve the rock, the harder than still Jesus. So how are we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus? When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus. Then, up, hands up, if you truly love the Son of Man, trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is going to spread across the land, what's up, stand up, hands up, does anybody love the Son of Man, trust, Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land, what's up, Living in Troubling Times. This is Ken Ham, author of the book on millions of years and church compromise in six days. The Bible tells us about Lot, a righteous man who lived in Sodom, and it declares he was constantly troubled by the evil he saw around him. You know, that describes many Christians today. We look around at all the sins that are celebrated as good things, and our hearts are burdened for the lost. But you know, because God's word's true, we have hope. The Bible tells us one day God will make all things right. One day there'll be no more sin and all sin will be judged righteously. And in the meantime, we're called to make disciples, do the king's business and contend for the faith. In the midst of darkness, we shine the light of Christ. Let's proclaim the gospel in the truth of his word to others. Subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again at AnswersRadio.com. Love like, love like this. 
Attacking God's Character. This is Ken Ham, author, speaker, and blogger on science and the Bible's reliability. Charles Darwin doubted there was a good creator because of all the death and suffering he saw. But he didn't have a proper perspective. You see, Darwin didn't start with God's word as the foundation for his thinking. God's word teaches creation was originally perfect, but our sin broke creation. Now it groans. And the horrible things we see, they're not God's fault, they're ours. Many Christians say God used evolution over millions of years to create, but then they're really placing the blame for death and suffering on God instead of us. You see, it's an attack on God's very good character. Subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and view a complete transcript of this program at AnswersRadio.com. Thinking how does one define wise Feels like yesterday I was a newcomer Fresh in the game, ready to make the truth thunder But as the beat plays, they lose wonder After a few summers, the band's ready for a new drummer Doesn't matter if you're not ready yet Yesterday I was a cadet, now they call me a vet But it's part of common sense that the artist time will end To the young, this topic can be hard to comprehend They don't come close to understanding How you can go from most demanded To abandoned in the ocean stranded Surrounded by the waves of your weariness Some things you only learn from age and experience And it's plain to me that all the famous men you see The time is coming when they will be a faded memory Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is Whatever happened to so-and-so, that's what they wanna know Eventually we learn that they all come and go Today's rising star, tomorrow dies with scars Today they all struck, tomorrow you washed up I remember watching Jordan's Hall of Fame speech Thinking this is what it's like to watch the lame reach and gasp But he tries to grasp what lies in the past Never to return what lies in the past Did he tell himself, was he lost or sober? Did he know it was all but over? The moment that AI crossed him over If I could be like, didn't include dying light Let's shine the light on the one they call Iron Mike Nowadays he's known for being all weird But back in 88, nobody was more feared the peak of his powers his opponents would retreat in moments he would eat and devour snuff with punches but we must discuss this crushed it just enough to trust his toughness pride brings us to justice you puffed up with smugness you gonna meet buster douglas amazing that which blazed like petro the new praise that made the waves in the metro was praised for days but just a phase like retro and fades like echoes Next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? 
you couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is What I'm speaking on is seriously welcomed by the few Even no experience to tell you that it's true On your radio station, this won't be found on the playlist Wisdom, the sound of the sages, resounding for ages The older I get, I notice it The whole of the script, hmm, it's found in the pages A holy writ, not the cash speech of the reverend But what a man sees under heaven Ecclesiastes 111 No matter who you are, death aims to stop ya Whether banker, doctor, or Frank Sinatra Before your time is done, meet the timeless one The dying, death-defying, rising, shining sun King Jesus astounds and amazes He pounded the pavement to save those who were bound to their cages So let us praise the one who made the Everglades Our debt was paid, so in glory we'll never fade Never fade, never fade Number one, 
the God that would inspire a Bible would see that it stays pure throughout history. Number two, because the Bible is supernatural, we don't need to defend it as much as we need to simply use it. And finally, all so-called errors have been adequately responded to with no damage to the authority of God's word. These days, this appears to be a big question, but Christians have a short answer. The Bible was written by men, but it was inspired by a perfect God. You know how that social media is? You've got to be plugged in and connected. So would you please like, subscribe, or share this video? That was from Big Questions, Short Answers, part of which YouTube page, their channel. It's called Wretched, W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D, Wretched. And you can find them at Wretched.org with their TV show and, and radio show. That's W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D, Wretched.org. And now what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to play, this is Christian Challenges, Resistance of Karma. I'll trip you to already. I think there is afterlife. No one dies here. It just changes like the water. It's came with the clouds. When it's like it's go into the into into in the air, has come down in the rivers through the hills and comes down again in the ocean. So it's a cycle. It's a cycle of life. No one dies. So who started all this and who who makes the changes? Is it God that makes the changes? Yes, it's the Creator. 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 So, do you believe in heaven? I think the person lives uh, hell and heaven here, in this world, uh, due to his karma. So, what say a man rapes three women, and then cuts their throats, and he's never brought to justice, and he lives happy and healthy for the rest of his life? What does God think of him? Will God punish him, or just give him a, a new life? His karma will come back, and he'll enjoy himself in another life. Is there right and wrong, ultimately? I think it's a, it's a, it's not uh, like there's nothing wrong to live happy, but the thing is, if you live a life like good life, then uh, no one should hurt from you. Like you should never hurt anybody in this world because it's all made. Uh, the Creator made all of them. Every creature in this world. Is God happy with you or angry at you because of your sin? I think because of my sins, uh, angry. God's angry at you. Yes. Because I still, like, knowingly, unknowingly, I do some mistakes. So I'm just always pray, please uh, give me some think of wise and and uh, and keep me on the in the right path. I always pray. Yeah. So. So let me ask you some questions about your uh, keeping of the commandments. So, yes, you shall never lie. So how many lies do you think you've told in your whole life? Uh, I don't know. Quite a few. Don't know. You've lost count. Maybe more. <laughs> Have you ever stolen something in your whole life, even if it's small? Yes, I do. 
Have you ever used God's name in vain? Oh, my, yes. Yeah, that's called blasphemy, where you take God's name in vain. Very serious and punishable by death in the Old Testament. One to go, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes, do. So I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at four of them, you're going to be innocent or guilty. Uh, I think innocent. Lying, thieving, blasphemous, and told or not, you'd be guilty like the rest of us. Because uh, that are not big enough. Like, it, it is because uh, he is uh, uh, merciful. He's merciful. Yeah, he's merciful. Mm-hmm. Is he just? Does he care about murderers and rapists? I think it's a karma. It's karma who, who convinced them to do those certain things. Well, it's their sinful nature. Let me tell you what the Bible says and what Jesus said. You know, one of our greatest sins is to make up a God in our own image that has no concern about right or wrong, justice and truth. We paint God as just being passive about what's right and what's wrong. But the Bible says if you hate someone, you commit murder. It says lying is so serious, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, and all liars are their part in the lake of fire. Sin is so serious to God, it demands the death sentence. And death is evidence that God is serious about sin. We die because we've violated his law. We've broken his commandments. Now, you're right about God being rich in mercy. If you die in your sins, you'll end up in hell. But God is rich in mercy, the Bible says, and he provided a savior. Do you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Do you know the gospel? No. Well, Jesus was God in human form, and he gave his life on the cross to take the punishment for the sin of the world. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he cried out, it is finished, just before he died. If you're in court, even though you're guilty, if someone pays the fine, the judge can let you go. He can say, oh, this guy's guilty. He's got a stack of speeding fines, but somebody's paid them. He's free to go. Well, God can dismiss your case, forgive your sins, let you live forever legally, because Jesus paid the fine in his life's blood and then rose from the dead and defeated death. What you have to do is repent of your sins, Say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Confess and forsake your sins and trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. If you're going to jump out of a plane, you'd see a danger and say, man, I need a parachute. It's the fear that will make you put on a parachute. And the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So you don't want to die in your sins and face God. You want to die in Christ and have your sins forgiven and be trusting in his mercy. Does this make sense? I think uh, it's not a good thing we do sins and Jesus paid a price for that. If we do believe him, if we do, then we should never do a wrong thing because uh, because from inside we know whatever we're doing is, is wrong or it's right. It is our internal voice from our soul, right? So, but sometimes we, we uh, turn off the voice of right and turn on the voice of the guilty thing when we do that just because of for ourselves. Well, that's playing the hypocrite, and the Bible says hypocrites lean up in hell. So make sure you get right with God and listen to his voice, read his word, and don't give yourself to sin again. Just trust in the Savior. Are you going to think about what we talked about today? Yes. Please do, and I'm going to give you some stuff. And thank you for listening to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
too. Uh, Christians how this is a karma with living waters. That's their, um, their channel is living waters. So check that out. Um, their channel. Thanks for listening to Truth Be Told Radio. Remember we got what's at truthbetoldradio.com truthbetoldradio.com and I got one that smiles and stuff for my had a personal testimony how I became Christian. That's smiles S M I L E S A N D S T U F F dot C M Smiles and Stuff dot com. And I'm also on Twitter as Truth Be Told Radio but it's uh not B E it's just the letter B Truth the letter B told radio. And that's for for Truth Be Told Radio but my personal one is Bond servant for JC. That means like for Jesus Christ. Bond servant. B O N D S E R V A N T. The number four and then J and then C. And check that out. And please follow me on the Truth Be Told Radio one and um, Bond servant one. My personal one. Thanks for listening. Let's see. I'm going to play a song for you. This one is Shackles Praise over here on Truth Be Told Radio. Come on. 
those trays in uh, at GoFish, and you'll find out more about GoFish. Go to GoFishGuys.com, G-O-F-I-S-H-G-U-I-S.com, GoFishGuys.com. That's their website. And now I'm going to play something from, this is Shailen and Supreme. Let me start this off with a hallelujah to Jesus, the sovereign ruler. This is not a rumor. God, the truth, so we about to school you. Check out a style maneuver. Shout it to you like the loudest group of Christ. Put us up from out the sewer. We don't have to doubt the future. Crashing our verses as we bask in his worship. You asking the purpose? Partly to fetch cash from the furnace. Who Jesus extravagant service. Immaculate purchase. He was smashing the serpent and we only scratching the surface. He proceeded was conceived in the womb of a virgin. The sun emerges in the manger while the angels serenade him. It's the birth of the Savior. The greater and Came a man, came as a lamb and would be executed to execute the plan to substitute the sand. In the place of the wicked on the cross he was lifted, but we considered him stricken and afflicted just like the prophets predicted. He came at the proper moment to stop his opponent and lay down his life to offer atonement. He's the most magnificent, the total antithesis of insufficient, the blessed, the glorious, splendid, transcendent, difficult to comprehend, independent of space and time, but presently present, suspending the heavens with speech. From coast to coast, he speaks peace to wind and seas, got heavenly hosts easily posted on bended knees, controls the cosmos with the most authority, so we both in a most exalted King Christ Supreme. He's the sovereign thriller, the awesome healer, the law fulfiller, the solemn killer, the fraud revealer, no God is realer, yeah. When you're taking your time in the scripture, what you get is a prominent picture. See his light shining bright in the night and his bright in the might in the diamond in the mixture. See his name at all the renown, though. When he came for the lost and he found, though, he was tamed and floss all around but remained for the manger, the cross or the crown. Yo, Satan had a shirt hold on him, fight for the rope but dope and then. All to the eyes of the S to the E to the N, that's what we hoping in. Risen on his spell check, the risen king can rinse clean the most rebellious. I was hell bound, now I'm spellbound. Word is born. I'm a bond servant to the word of life. Uh, call me a sellout. I was fought with a price. We got a hope that won't fail us when we return to the dust. We will rise up just like the one who justified us. It's not wishful thinking when the truth sinking. We are clinging to the promises of God bringing an everlasting kingdom. Nothing can compare to the worth of what we inherited. Nothing in heaven on earth can measure what Christ merited. The skies declare the affairs of his glorious care. The God who is there, who's aware, who delights in our prayer. His purposes are permanent and perfectly prepared. Fortunate, everything that orbits around his glory subordinate. He is the most excellent one, intrinsic, infinite son, preeminent, the name par excellence, prenom phenomenon. He's beyond phenomenon, you see, the father of cosmology, the abba of astronomy. He's part of we, a pottery. It's shocking Jesus died for me. The father, he adopted me and constantly provides for me. Whether or not I got degrees, you gotta see his odyssey from sovereignty and lottery to poverty and robbery to resurrected bodily apocalyptic prophecy. He's stopping all the mockery and scholarly snobbery that don't Acknowledge him properly. You ought to be on bended knee before the preeminent. It's awfully arrogant to reject him to your detriment. Study the development from Old to New Testament. You'll find a theme that's prevalent from age to age. It's relevant. Crisis on its center stage. Forget religious sentiments that center on man. But something less is what you're settling. He is the most excellent. Exercising benevolence and blessing a remnant with the benefits of his inheritance. Yeah. The sin of sinners that separated and segregated. That severed the relations between man and his maker. And placed Christ on his Costly cross and compensated his life, death, and resurrection, emancipated and gave us freedom from it all, freedom from the effects of the fall, freedom from Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and from the law. So the saints stand and applaud his grace and glorious cause with hands raised, praising his name, singing glory to God. <laughs> Christ is the 
I'm writing this to you I really hope you hear my heart When thinking about describing you I really don't know where to start Can't start at the beginning Cause you are before the beginning Way before the beginning And this fallen world's distorted opinions It was just the holy trinity Ruling from infinity Glory blazed tremendously Loving one another endlessly Billions and billions of years ago Outside of what we know as time Nobody else was there to know But Lord, here's the thing that blows my mind As long ago as that was Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same. You have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful. You never change. You remain the Not just because of what you do, but simply because of who you are There's none like you in existence, you are God and you need no assistance Even though we show you resistance, you sent Jesus to close the distance That existed between God and man, according to your sovereign plan We changed many times in one lifespan, I changed even since this song began Lord, I'm so glad that you're not like us, all that you do will certainly last You are the rock that we can trust, shows us back in eternity past As long ago as that was, as long ago as that was have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, 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 as long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed, what can that mean, but my God is immutable, immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the same, immutable, About my ups and downs, all of my inconsistencies, all of my idiosyncrasies. Still, you pursue relentlessly. At times, I wonder how this can be. Surely, it's because of the cross. When Jesus paid the full penalty and bore the burden of sin's great cost. I'm saved by grace and faith in God. I look to Christ and I trust He died. So, even though I'm being sanctified, I can't be any more justified. His work is finished that cannot change. And with this knowledge, I am free. Forever, this grace, it will remain because of what happened on Calvary. As long ago as that was. Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same. You have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful. You never change. You remain. Immutable, beautiful, you never change, never change. Forever you reign, you remain the same. You will never change, you will never change. Immutable, beautiful, you never change. 
featuring Lomel, um, and Shannon is the one singing it. And you can check out Shannon at lampmode.com, L-A-M-P-M-O-D-E dot C-O-M. That's his record label website. And you can, his name is spelled S-H-A-I and L-I-N-N-E. Now I'm going to play another song for you. This one is Go Fish, I'll Do My Best. Oh, I'll do my best for you. Oh. 
you know, just like uh, as far as like positivity, um, thoughts, um, things, things you do in your everyday life, you know, as far as like praying before you eat, stuff like that. Yeah. Let, let, let me give you some better news, all right? Let's go back to that earthly courtroom. The criminal says, Judge, I've done some good things. I'm trying to be made right. He's going to go, look, criminal, I don't care how many old women you walked across the street or how many windows you washed. You've got a debt to pay. Anthony, you can't pay your debt. You can't do it. It would, it would be like Adolf Hitler offering you flowers. You'd go, I don't want flowers from Adolf Hitler because his hands are dirty. And our good deeds, they're offered with dirty hands. The good news is Jesus paid it all, completely, totally forgiven. Not only that, you're not just forgiven. All of the right things that Jesus did, which was everything, that gets credited to your account. So Anthony isn't just a forgiven criminal. Anthony is seen as the citizen of the millennium because you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, all yours if you'll surrender, repent, put your trust in Jesus, you're adopted into God's family, and he will love you as much as he loves his own son because you're in Christ. That's the good news. So don't try to make yourself right. Surrender. Put your trust in Jesus Christ, and you will be made right. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't walk away from this and not deal with it. Before you put your head on your pillow tonight, think about what we talked about. Repent, put your trust in his son, and he will save you, and you'll inherit eternal life. That's the good news of Easter. Fair enough? Yeah. I'm glad I got to meet you. Yeah. What are you thinking right now? Nah, nah, you good, man. You good. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I'm grateful for you. All right, mate. We're going to be praying for you. All right? I made it. Yeah. Welcome to a world without wretched. Nobody wants this. Please become a wretched gospel partner. You can go to our website, wretched.org, and slash donate, and it helps them out. To um, keep going with wretched, if you like it, please do that. That is at wretched.org forward slash donate. That's W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D dot O-R-G forward slash D-O-N-A-T-E. So next song I do for you is uh, do a song. From Go Vicious Gotta Move here on Tributory.
talking to, they move and walk away. What will they think? Will they make fun? Where will they go when their time on earth is done? We gotta be the salt, we gotta be the light. We gotta get left, or we gotta get a right. Trying to be sensitive has got us in a mess. Put on your armor and take one in the chest if you wanna bear fruit.
You know, that, this is why pastors have curly eyelashes, because of the stuff that confronts them on a daily basis. It ain't easy being a local pastor. That's the big work. Don't panic when we lose the big guys. They're a blessing. We praise God for them. But Jesus will keep building his church even without them. Pithy gems from Martin Lloyd-Jones, who is a very soft-spoken fellow. I like watching his interviews on BBC. One of those days we'll share those. Very calm. And even back then in the 20th century, if we think that Great Britain and their morality poll indicates that things are lagging there, no, no, no. Martin Lloyd-Jones was up against it in his culture at his time, too, middle of the 20th century. They were, and they were coming at him on BBC interviews into the 70s, 80s, coming at this guy. He was so stodgy. Do you really believe that your style of Christianity is going to keep up with the times? See, that's where people get confused, including those in the church. The church doesn't keep up with the times. The times need to conform to the message of the church. That's the order of events. Martin Lloyd-Jones, to divorce forgiveness of sins from the actual living of the Christian life is nothing but rank heresy. Indeed, works are not a part of salvation, but they are a result of salvation, and that's what James was trying to stress. If you don't have works in keeping with repentance, you don't have a saving faith. He was not saying that works are a part of salvation. Where's... Hey! Hey! Where's my... Where's my... My other Bible? Oh, well... Over there? We'll just... We'll have to do with this Bible. Hold on. Ah. This, this is a great example of the Protestant Reformation analogy of Scripture principle that helps us to understand and harmonize the Bible. James chapter 2, James is talking about works. Where do, where do they fit in the Christian life? And the, and the Roman Catholic Church would say, well, they're a part of salvation. And if, if you've got to do things in order to stay saved, maintain your salvation uh, in order to get to heaven. Hopefully, and they will use James chapter 2, I think it's around verse 21, where it talks about your, your actions and your work. That starts in verse 13. Dear brothers, what's the use of saying if you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? This happens to be the NLT. I happen to have it handy. That's the only Bible I have on my desk. That kind of faith can't save anyone. You see, it isn't enough to just have faith. Faith doesn't show itself... By faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It's dead and useless. Now, in verse, I believe it's 21, it talks about Abraham. Yeah, verse 21. Don't you remember Abraham was declared right with God because of what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did by his actions. This is not the most helpful translation because they're absolutely giving this a Protestant spin here. I'd rather confront the text the way it actually... Joey, do you, have a, do you guys have a different Bible translation, Andy? Anything? Let me go to the interwebs. I got the ESV. Oh, you don't have a Bible nearby? I've hmm. got the Internet. I thought you were Christians. Abraham believed God. It was declared to him as righteous. He was even called the friend of God. Shouldn't have been made into a song, but nevertheless. So we're made right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Okay, so that's, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Joey, what do you got? I got NRSV. What? 
Give me the NASB as long as you're oh, alive. NA, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. NASB. Uh, give me an NASB starting in verse 21, James chapter 2. Don't forget you're listening to the most organized Christian radio program on this station at this time. Go. Well, okay, sorry, I've made a mistake you? here. Oh, there it is. NASB. Okay, what well, verse? Verse uh, chapter 2, 21. 21. Okay, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? Stop right there. Wasn't he justified by works? Uh-oh. So now he goes on to say that Abraham, he believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. His works were justified him, says the text. Wait a second. So that says that, that, that works justify the person. So you do have to have works in order to be justified. No, that's not James' point. Keep going, Joey. You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, there you go. So he's justified by works and not by faith alone. So you go, wow, the Roman Catholics have got it right. Turn your Bible to Romans chapter 4. We see a longer treatise on this fellow named Abraham. And we use the clearer section of Scripture to interpret the unclear. I think that was three verses in James. I'm just going to burn through this for you. This is pretty much the entire chapter of Romans 4. Abraham was the founder of our Jewish nation. Um, were his experiences concerning this question of being saved? What were his experiences concerning this question of being saved by faith? Was it because of his good deeds that God accepted him? If so he would have had something to boast about. But from God's point of view, Abraham has no basis at all for pride. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God, and it was declared to him as righteous. When people work, their wages are not a gift. Workers earn what they deserve, but people are declared righteous because of their faith, not because of their work. King David spoke of this, describing the happiness of an undeserving sinner who is declared to be righteousness. Oh, what a joy. When their disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight, though that joy is for those whose sin is no longer counted to them by the Lord. Now then, is this blessing only for the Jews or for the Gentiles too? What about Abraham? We have been saying he was declared righteous by God because of his faith. But now, did his faith help him? Was he declared righteous only after he had been circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? The answer is God accepted him before he was circumcised. In other words, faith comes before works. And it goes into the circumcision ceremony. It is clear. God's promise to Abraham. It is about faith. The law brings, now he segues, Paul segues into the law. The law brings punishment. The law brings death. You can't keep the law. You need to be credited with righteousness. So verse 16. So that's why faith is the key. God's promise is given to us as a free gift, and we are certain to receive it, whether or not we follow Jewish customs if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. On and on and on it goes. What do we do with faith and works? We interpret the unclear in light of the clear. And even though I think James is clear enough, Romans 4 makes it crystal clear. We do works because we've been forgiven not to be forgiven. If you are a Christian, you will have works, but those works are a sign and outworking of salvation. They do not work salvation for you. How do I know? Because James 2 makes it plenty clear. James 4, Romans 4 makes it crystal clear. This 
is Wretched Radio. What the world would be like without Wretched. Nobody wants this. Please become a Wretched Gospel Partner. That is for Wretched and the Wretched.org forward slash Tony to help them out. Um, with their show and the radio and other ministry stuff. Um, that was from Wretched. It's called Sorry Catholics, but James teaches faith alone. And that's from their YouTube page. And they also have a website, wretched.org. And and it has their radio show and TV show. So you can see that there. Thanks for listening to Truth Told Radio. Good doing our song. This is from the fish. I have a Bible that I read. I know the truth and I believe. I go to church with my friends. I have a joy that never ends. Not because of anything I've done. There's a reason. It's the only Sundays 
And um, if you want to listen to other shows of ours, they're archived on iTunes as Truth Be Told Radio. And thanks for listening. And we've got with Yanti and friends and the VRVO. Bye for now.